What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Michelle, Mike, and Lori. And we are discussing episode four of The Last of Us. And um, no, uh uh-uh, you put your hand down. We are not starting with you yet. I already know where we're going, and I already got (laughs) something to say about you. You gonna put your hand down because Lori tried to start the podcast off and we hadn't even hit record yet. So Lori, you were not with us last week for episode three. So go ahead real quickly and give us your thoughts about that before we get into episode four. I I never knew I wanted a bonus slash side quest episode as bad as this episode. Oh my freaking God. I cried. It was the most beautiful heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, awesome episode I've ever seen in my life, except for Stargate Atlantis episode 16, season three, when Dr. Carson Beckett dies. That's all I'm going to say. It was the best thing I've seen in years. It was it was sublime. It was perfect. I, I, I thought that in order for world building, it gave us the background that we needed for other than Joel and Ellie and what was happening with the infected. But at the same time, it, it kind of brings to what would be if, if if it was us, if we were stuck in our homes or in apartments and we had a loved one and we just sort of, you know, you know, kept my husband's a prepper. So I've got stuff for like five years. So it's like we never leave our apartment and we go outside, come back in, you know, maybe check on the car and, you know, we're together and we grow old and one of us gets sick. And we have to take care of each other. We realize that this is the end. And we're going to prep for I, Lord, help me, Jesus. I swear to God, it was some of the best television I have seen in my entire life. That's my take. Okay. All right. And before we get to Mike, I <laughs> want to do, <laughs> I'm just going to do something a little bit different because um, we have started getting some interactions on our YouTube page. You know, we started posting um, our videos maybe about half a year ago and um, it's slowly kind of building up and we have some comments on our YouTube page. So I just wanted to go ahead and read those. So um, response to our video covering episode one, we have Shari Perez who posted, she said, loved this. Yes, listen to the animals, dogs, cats, and birds be knowing when it's time to go. I played the game and most of it is true to the game. Hard choices must be made in the game too. Like Walking Dead, don't get attached to anyone. Loving the show, catching up on your episodes. And then we have Nelly, uh, Nelly, who just says another great review. So we just want to say thank you guys for listening and for providing feedback that lets us know that we are doing something right. And then I believe I also was told that um, by David Cameo over on the Squawking Dead podcast that they actually uh, mentioned us in their review of episode two because they listened to our show and they um, listen to what Lori was saying about the whole gluten thing and the bread thing. And David was like, wait, that's actually amazing. <laughs> so thanks to <laughs> Squawking Dad for shouting us out. We love you guys. And um, check them out when you get done checking us out and uh, listen to their show. They have a really funny show and they have really good people. So anyway, all right, let's get to this thing because the first thing I'm going to say before anything else we talk about this episode, when I say 
I watched this episode and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, Mike and Ellie are kindred spirits with the fucking dad jokes. Oh, nope, my. nope. I watched this episode. I had to call Maury. I was like, I don't know Maury. I think she might be my daughter somehow. I she, like, like we like she is me. I am her. I'm like, what the like? This is like, I'm like, okay. She's sarcastic. She loves dad jokes. She does. She does stuff she's not supposed to do. I'm like, that's my like, that's me. That's like a she female version of me. Her mouth to say that first joke, and when it came out, I said, <laughs> oh my god, Mike is on the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much you push the envelope. It'll still be stationary. That's my that, like. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> like that, like that's literally my joke. Like I'm like, I love that joke. Like that's a beautiful so- joke. Sadly, I didn't, I didn't think of you, Mike, until she did the the one about the scarecrow winning an award and <laughs> he won an award. How he did you think of Mike from outstanding the field? <laughs> the very first joke she told, I was like, "Oh my God, Mike is probably sitting there watching this." Like yes. I'm talking about. I'm like, I'm surprised you didn't. I know, but the last one where where she said she said where she said that diarrhea is hereditary, it's in in the genes. I was like, like yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, like at first I was kind of like, okay, she's sarcastic, she's cool. Then I was like, wait, she literally is like a little female version of me. This is weird, especially in this episode when she was like, she had she got the magazine and she was like, oh wow. She, she was like, "Why are the pages stuck together?" I was like, <laughs> "I that, died." I was like, "No." That, that scene with the magazine. <sighs> At first, I thought she picked up like <sighs> I, I thought it was a little bit more risque, and then I looked. I was like, "Okay, it can't be that bad because he's actually clothed on the cover." And then when she starts like, "Oh, oh," she's like, "What are they doing?" Oh, yeah, I was just fucking with you. I was like, "This little girl, I don't care how old she says she is. This, this is an old soul in a young body. Like she has way for someone who has never experienced the world. She has way too much of it up here. How to, you know, how to make the jokes, how to, how to." fuck with them because I mean she was doing that with with him and Tess just kind of like fucking with them and I'm just like uh uh-uh, uh she just mm -mm. this little this little girl has been here before she has been out more than she has told them she has because she has a little bit too much worldly knowledge and just watching her in this episode I was just like this kid like I can see how she's going to become important to Joel you know, and you even start to see that towards the end of the episode when they have the shootout, the way he's looking at her when he's telling her, you're going to go in that hole and you're going to do this and you're going to be safe and they are not going to shoot you. Like, I think that's when it started to shift from cargo to, oh my God, this is a little kid that I need to take care of. And I think her telling those jokes throughout the whole, you know, throughout the whole um, episode, I feel like maybe Sarah was that kind because we got to see a little bit of Sarah's humor in the first episode, not as much as this, but we did see that she was also a kid who liked to joke around with her dad. And I feel like Ellie's starting to break those walls down with Joe. And it was because she was telling all of these fucking dad jokes. I also think it was time too. I think he's never really spent, he hasn't spent time with kids or children Mm -hmm. until now. And he may, 
he may have forgotten what it was like because he had kind of closed himself off and now he's got her and you know he's they've been together what three four days maybe a week two weeks but it's been 24 hours a day non-stop hold on for a second somebody's echoing I was on a road. You could have at least tried to butter me up first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, leave, leave the jokes to me and Ellie, okay? You calm down with that. No, we don't have to buy that book. <laughs> if you Google Ellie's, um, Ellie's dad jokes, you can find the list of all the jokes from the game. No. Do, yeah. why would you encourage like, Mike like that why would you oh, do that I'm already looking it up on my phone um, so the book just the, the, fell on my head I have myself to blame for that yeah. but anyway <laughs> oh y'all my God. are not doing this to me for the whole episode y'all are not so, I uh, hope not so, but as I was saying yeah he, he just he's been spending time with her so however long they've been together however long it's been um those walls, like you said, they, they have no choice but to come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Also, that magazine scene is all taken directly, like literally directly from the game. Like this is scene. They put it up side by side with her holding the magazine. It's like the same scene directly in the, in the game. Okay. Did they have that same magazine? Like the men of the It was the a different magazine, magazine but it was the... like the same content, you know. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> But anyway, um, so the episode starts out with Ellie. You you remember in the last episode when she was at Bill and Frank's, she happened to get her hands on a gun and Joel does not know that she has this gun. So we see her at the beginning of the episode and she's in a bathroom, a very like, I understand you don't have a lot of choices, but you would not catch me in some of these bathrooms that they have anyway. She's in there. She's looking in the uh, mirror and she's like pretending like she's shooting. Now, while she's there, she looks, she takes the mag out of the gun and she takes the other bullet out. I was like, this ain't her first time handling the gun. Yeah. She's had training. Not like she has all. like, she yeah. like properly handling that gun. I was like, Oh shit. She, and, okay. Yeah. She, and I know she, I know she goes to federal school, but we haven't really, like we know it's a military school because it's run by federal, the military, but we never been told yet exactly what they're training them or, you know, what, what they're schooling them in. Like, we know that she knows some basic things. We know that there are other things she doesn't know. And when, you know, Joe pressed her about it, she was like, it's a shitty school. So I was like, okay, I'm get, I'm guessing they are training these children to be soldiers from a young age because again ellie's 14 so yeah you have the child soldier aspect to that which i'm like yeah i don't really like that but then again they live in a world of infected people that can kill you so i guess that there really isn't a choice about that but you know I, I just think that kind of lends itself to us seeing from the very beginning of the episode that as much as Ellie is a child and we see her react to certain things in a childlike way she's she's almost an adult in other ways too which is sad because 
again, this is all she's ever known, you know? So anyway, then she's, you know, they go out, they're actually getting gas. Um, And, you know, when I thought about it, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay. So this is what we were talking about last week. And then I was like, no, he's siphoning gas out of the cars. So I don't know if it's just that they didn't make it to one of their little stashes or if it's just as uh, Joel said, you know, he was talking to Ellie about the gas because she was asking him, she was like, so how how often are we going to have to do this? And he was like, well, you know, gas, when it sits for so long, it starts breaking down. This gas is almost like water now, you know, and he, he had a conversation. He was like, yeah, 20 years ago, we could have gone like a long way. 10 to 12 hours. 12 yeah. hours with this. Yeah. And we, 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 we were all discussing that last week, but anyway but see here's my problem though mm -hmm. i'm like i need a scientist to really tell me how long gas lasts because depending on shows it's either two years this is 20 years i'm having a hard time believing that there was even water in the tank well yeah because you would you would think that if it was water it would have evaporated by now right so it i'm like how are you still okay. getting gas mm. but that's neither here or there. Well, okay, it 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 depends upon a couple of things. It depends upon the, the container that the gas is in. It depends okay. upon the mineral content. It depends upon whether or not you've got a high or a low evaporation rate from the container. It also depends on the grade of gas uh, that is there. An average uh, gas station uh, with gas should be able to sustainably hold gas continually renewing for up to four to six months uh if it's been sitting in stagnant you're going to get separation after about four to five years so typically gas that say is in a container in your garage that gas is good for two to three years if it's in a gas station sitting in the tank it's good for another five to seven so when you get to be about year 15 your gas is going to start breaking down and by year 17 18 19 you're going to get the water but you can still if you can spin it uh evaporate it out bring it down you should be able to pump it get aerated and you should be able to get some gas but yeah what they're saying is actually true oh thank you sorry i work in engineering and i kind of hear this all the time <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> So what gas station should we be getting gas from? That's another question. That's <laughs> exactly. one the one where the farmer says it's past the farmer's market on the left. You know, the one in those sticks. But basically, no, they, they uh, the one thing that I noticed about this show is that the science quote technology is pretty much uh, the way that it should, it kind of should track on like a lot of shows is very realistic. So, but yeah, no, the gas is about where it should be. Because it will break down after about 20 years. Okay. Okay. Um, so road trip. They're on a road trip. You know, Ellie's talking about the things that she wants to see. Because I think Joe mentioned something about a tank. And the way she got killed. Like, she was like, I want to see a tank. He was like, <laughs> you'll see that and more. You'll see choppers and other vehicles. And let me tell you, it was so depressing watching them go through the countryside and seeing the abandoned roller coaster and seeing all of the military vehicles just out in the field just kind of 
willy-nilly with other cards i was like yeah there was a fight there or something mm -hmm. there but just watching that scene be signed for loves the gas station and the arby's um arby's must be sponsoring this show because they've mentioned them twice it's now. twice two twice. references to arby's mm -hmm. two episodes in a row but um you know, I'm sitting here looking at the side like, oh, that's like when I take my road trips to New York or wherever. It's just, I don't know, seeing it kind of wasted in that way was sad. And I was just like, you could see Ellie is, this is something that she, you know, she's never been out in the world. So these are things that she's seeing for the first time. And then the way that she's experiencing them, is like nothing like they used to be. The stars, the fact that she could see the stars so clearly because there was no pollution in the air. I was like, okay, I would like to experience that, but not at the cost of the whole world turning into clickers and infected. No, that, that would not be good. But um, their road trip. So of course they're, um, they pull over into the woods in the middle of the trip so that Joel can get some rest because of course he's the only one driving um and it was just interesting because again you get to see her be a little bit like a kid and you also see like a little bit of her I guess and Joel both kind of letting their guards down with each other you know she's again she's telling the joke like she started out she was like Joel can I ask you a serious question and he's like yeah now this is a change already because remember right before Tess died he was like look you don't need to ask me any questions and then after she died he was like we don't need to know each other's histories you do you I'm gonna do me so the fact that he even let her ask a question I was like okay he's starting to lower down the wall and then she tells another damn dad joke I was like mm -mm -mm. like he's gonna not like her <laughs> But when he turns over, you see a smidget of a smile on his face. I was like, okay, she's starting to break him down. She's starting to make him remember what it was like to have a child at that age. Because remember, Sarah was, what, 15 when she died. So, you know, listening to her kind of talk about how safe they are you know oh are we are we going to be okay nobody's going to come here right and at first she was like no infected he was like no the infected is it, we're too far out but that's not who we need to worry about she was like people he was like yeah she said would they want to what did she say i think she said would they want to kill us and he was like they would want to do worse and again for her not to be raised in the regular world when he said that she knew exactly what he meant because she was just like oh and she got a little serious and a little quiet after that. But I don't know. I'm starting to like, I well, I, I won't even say I'm starting to like. I like the way that they have been taking their time building this relationship between them two. Because I think if they would have felt, if they would have forced it or made it move a little bit faster, one, I think that would have, for me, felt disrespectful to the relationship that he had with his daughter. But two, after 20 years, I don't think he would be that open to welcoming in another youngster that quickly. And it would just, I don't think it would have felt genuine to me. So I kind of like the way that this is 
taking its time to build the trust between these two characters and to, you know, kind of find a bridge for them to become what I'm going to assume is a great duo. Again, I do not play the game. Um, So I don't know exactly how their relationship is in the game, like whether or not they do become as close as father and daughter or, you know, if it still remains kind of an arm's length thing. But um, yeah, he, he starts giving her a little bit of information. You know, she asked him about Tommy and he starts telling her, yeah, so this is what happened. We get a little bit of background on Tommy's story being that, you know, when he was younger in high school, he decided to go off and join the, you know, military because he wanted to be one of those heroes. He wanted to be, a person that's saving the world and he, well, he said well first he said he was a joiner. joiner yeah yes he's a so, joiner yes he's a joiner so i i guess that look we see how marlene got him because he's one of those people that's like okay look i gotta make a difference i gotta go save the world i gotta do something i gotta be a hero you know and um apparently something changed and I think uh, Joel said he left, Tommy left, and now he's got to go find him. He's got to go bail his little brother out. I was like, okay. So this has been their thing. And of course, we already know that they're kind of strange right now. So I don't even know. Like, I know Tommy went to join the Fireflies, and I know that probably pissed Joel off. But for them to not be speaking, which is kind of what the gist of, you know, the clues that he's given is like they're estranged. I'm like, what what happened? That's in my wrong. mind, in my mind, I feel like Tommy probably wanted to go save some people or save whatever they were trying to save. And, and, and Joe was like, like, nope, no, nope, nope. Because every time it's time to help somebody, what does he say? No. We're not With good that. reason though. True, true, but that's probably would be the thing that like split them apart. If Tommy's always trying to be a hero, he joins different groups, he's trying to save the world, and your brother is like, hell nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say something um, before we go on. I just think that Ellie is just like just breaking down his defenses. He's he has that wall up and her jokes keep chiseling down that wall. Her just being that's what good dad jokes do. They break tension. They ease. Yeah, they ease your mind and they open you up to new things and to being a better person. Like I would not jokes, go that far. No, I, we <laughs> no, will go that, that far because not, that's exactly that what happened. Not accurate. No, that's that's completely yes. accurate. Mike, it is. It is accurate. Jokes Thank you very much. Brings Michelle. the world Thank together. Yes. Okay, Lori, break the tie. What? <laughs> break the tie on the dad jokes. I think that dad jokes are completely appropriate and they need more of them in this world. See? Sorry. Y'all are wrong. That's just the end of it. Sorry. I, and guess I, what else I'm you need? Anthony you need... on this one. And you know what Anthony else you need? You need a 20-year-old can of Chef Bardi ravioli. You know what? <laughs> Gotta have hey, it. hey, I, I think I actually might have like a nine-year can in the closet. I'm I'm just actually have a pretty old kid in my cupboard too. They get, I'm just saying, like, 
those types of things whenever you see food pantries they always bring that kind of stuff so yes i feel like chef boyardee would be good and if you cook them over a fire in the forest they might be like a gourmet meal i was saying ellie was inhaling that stuff too like she was eating the olive garden she was just like you really couldn't pick someone i, I couldn't think of i couldn't think of a better italian restaurant for look Sui. look 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 i can't talk because right now as we speak i've got a stover lasagna in the oven right now okay so that's oh stover's, stover's is that joint stover's, though yeah. exactly stover's is outstanding exactly um no my my thing is is that you know, given the situation and given what's happening with everything, you know, the, the jokes and the, you know, the, the lasagna and all that stuff, it, it, it's, it's very refreshing because usually when we have these type of stories, it's very strum and drum. It's very, you know, depressing or we're going to die. You know, I, I, I pull out my example of the 100. Uh, the 100 was an excellent show, but it was so depressing. Nobody had time for jokes. Nobody had time for fun. If anyone even thought that they were going to smile, the rest of the group got on their ass. So seeing this is refreshing, and, and I love it. You know? And like I said, you can never go wrong with a dad joke. Hanukkah, you just remembered the scene never. from the 100, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered a lot of scenes from the 100. Like, yeah, well, she's not really wrong. But I mean, if, oh, you, I mean, if the basis of your life was living on an ark in space and you got sent to, you got sent to earth, a possibly yep. radiated earth as right. a form of punishment, I wouldn't have reason to smile either. But that's a whole other story. We are not going to get this into the true. 100. This is true. Anthony. Was I the only person who looked at them approaching this bridge and I was like, oh, here we go, stand. Yeah. Go <laughs> through the bridge and there's going to be, like, I had I had a little bit of the stand and a little bit of the walking dead when Glenn was trying to reunite with Maggie. I was like, they're going to have to go through this tunnel and they're going to find infected. Luckily, Joe was like, absolutely nope. the fuck not. We're going to turn like, around and we're nope. going to drive back around and we'll just have to I mean, they, they have I mean, plenty he, of vehicles there to siphon more gas from, more broken down gas from, but I, yeah. Yeah, when he looked under the truck and saw that it was clear, I think he realized, yeah, someone did this, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. We, we're not going to go through there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not even going to try. We'll just go around. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, hell. I was like, I, 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 was I, know, I know exactly what's going to see, on. Like, I was actually expecting to see someone like someone walking as a trap, like, oh, help me, I'm all alone. I was expecting that at the bridge, but instead they do drive around and they are going through what looks like the downtown area. And, you know, there's an alleyway where you see a lot of bodies that have been burned and the smoke is, there's still smoke. So this was recent. I was like, oh, okay. So they've they've done this recently, but then they pull up to the checkpoint for um they're in Kansas City. That's that's how far they've made it. They pull up to the checkpoint for the Kansas City quarantine zone, and it's not there. The gates are gone, the doors are gone. This place has clearly been overrun or overtaken, and it's at this moment. Here comes the person in the street. Oh, help me, help me. I was like, mm-mm. And Joe was Absolutely like, Absolutely not. 
Right. Hit them. <laughs> Absolutely not. And you know, like Elliot's like, are we gonna help him? Joe's like, no. I was like, that's something that I have to get used to because so many in, in so many shows, so many movies, you always do have the person who like they might think about it or they say, okay, you know what? I don't want to lose my humanity and blah, blah, blah. They might help. Joel is like, fuck that shit. No. Um, That's like Alicia's mother in Fear the Walking Dead. She's like, oh yeah, we go help him out. You're like, no, 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 no. We're, no. (laughs) No. Well, they can't be bad. You know, we have to help everybody. No, you don't have to help everyone out. Yeah. You don't. And and Joel, I mean, from jump, Tommy's trying to pull over. You know, there's a there's a couple. They got a kid. We got a kid too. We got to keep going. <laughs> it's like, oh, Joel is not playing with y'all. Joel is not playing with y'all. Mm-mm. He he comes across as like a very practical, matter of fact kind of person, and he doesn't seem to to trust other people, even from the beginning. Yeah. 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 And and he, so he seems like he's very to himself. And I don't know if that's if that's just something that he's precautious about or if it's something that maybe is a trauma response. Because I mean, if you think about it, we don't know anything about Sarah's mother. We don't know where she is, where she was. We don't know, you know, if she died, how she died. You know, she could have died from natural causes she could have died from illness or she could have died from a violent event we just know that she wasn't in the picture at the time that all of this went down so that could be a response to that yeah okay so this is what helping people can get you you know that maybe they stopped to help someone it it turned by we we don't know and i don't know if they explained that in the game or not but i haven't heard anything so it's just one of those things where i feel like his precaution has only deepened in the 20 years since that first night because on that first night you know hey we had we had to kind of uh run over some folks or run through some folks to try to get to safety and it's a good thing we did because if you remember that scene in the town when everyone was coming out of the movie theater Everything was moving so fast, you would not have been able to tell who was infected and who wasn't. You just saw people fighting. You saw people grabbing other people. And like I said, you don't know if they're grabbing, you know, if they're grabbing their friend to say, come on, let's go. Or if they're grabbing their friend to infect them, it was, there was too much going on. And these damn infected and these clickers, they run. So you don't have time to think. You don't have time to make second guesses. So I guess Joel is like, okay, you know what? If they're not with me and mine, fuck them. <laughs> we ain't got time. Yeah, I mean, survival of the fittest. You can't, you right. can't, you can't be out here doing no doing charity work because you'll end up you end up getting eat up, ate up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see his instincts are right because when he drives past the guy. As the, as he's driving, Ellie starts noticing, hey, there's people on the rooftop with guns. And then you get the spikes in the road and they crash into an old um, 
And they, and they threw it. They threw a cinder block through his windshield. I was like, "Damn, they people. They ain't fucking around. They're they like, give me all your to make shit." Sure, that they didn't get away. But you know, I think at this point too, <laughs> they didn't really know who Joe was. You know, because we find out later on in the episode they're looking for someone, and at this point we don't know what that person looks like. So it could be, it could be that they think that it's somebody with these people. We don't even know who these people are at this point. So they could be the good good guys. They could be get bad guys. We just we just don't know. Yeah, but I one thing that bothers me about all of this is like you didn't even. I know we were talking about not helping people, but you didn't even be like, "Hey, you know, who are you? What are you doing? What's going on?" You know, there was no attempt at communication. We're just gonna take your shit, see whatever you got, kill you, and move on. I, I you know. I don't know. It just it just seems pretty pretty bleak <laughs> way to have an existence, you know. And it's you know, Michelle's been watching Fear the Fear the Walking Dead, and you know people keep trying to build communities and trying to help people, and this is like the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, at least from what we can tell. I mean, For, so but, far from what we yeah, can tell. From what we yeah. can tell, like people are bad. People are worse than the infected. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, this is something Joel has also been saying yeah. since the first episode. So, and this is something that that we know. I mean, you have you have people like the battery guy in the first episode. He's supposed to be on Joel and Tessa's side. And what does he do? He steals from them. He steals the one thing that he knows they're looking for and tries to sell it off to Marlene. You know? It, yeah, it, it's just... People are not in a regular world, in a world like ours, where we have access to resources, where there are other people, where there are rules in place that's supposed to separate the bad from the good. In a world like this, a lot of people aren't their best. You know what I'm saying? So you put them in a world that's ruled by the deadliest pandemic known to man something that there is no cure from you put them in a situation where you know like i said the quarantine zone has been cleared out we don't know why we don't know how but chances are that was people as well we already know the fireflies have been rebelling against fedra so it could be the fireflies it could be a whole different group I mean, even towards the end of the episode, I don't know if I feel like these people are the fireflies. I feel like they're a whole different contingent. But you put people in those kind of situations where they've been controlled for so long, federal, you know, controlling where they can go, whether they can leave the QZ, how much um, they earn for their rations. You put them in a situation like that and then put them out on the street where there's even less resources yeah people are gonna turn they're gonna be like oh you know what i don't know what you have but i know you have a nice shiny well taken care of truck that means that you have means somewhere you have resources somewhere you didn't just pick this up off the street and say oh let me you know let me try to boost this and see if it'll go no this thing has been well taken care of it runs it's clean so guess what? You might have some things that we need in there. So we're just going to take you. They don't care if it's a man and a child in there. They really don't. You know, they just, 
they're just looking to, to, I don't know, take care of themselves. And I mean, we see that in all kinds of stuff. Lori mentioned the 100. You guys mentioned Fear the Walking Dead. We talk about the Walking Dead all the time. You see that in just about all of our villains in those types of stories. That's kind of how they started. They didn't have, and they saw somebody that did, and they were like, oh, okay, it's time for me to take. No negotiation, no, hey, can we share this? Can we work together? No, it's I'm going to take from you first and then I figure it out later. Which is a sad, I mean, which is a sad commentary on human nature. But as I think Mike said it in this episode and we have said it in other, you know, reviewing other shows, times like this is survival of the fittest. And sometimes that survival means you have to be willing to do things that, you may not have done in a past life or you may not have done a few years ago in order to protect yourself. That's what you do. Well, I wouldn't survive. So, all right, y'all don't come looking for me. <laughs> you're going to survive. You're going to survive at first because you have the behemoth of the truck. I told you I'm coming. No, nah, but I would have had pancakes. I would have had pancakes that day. So I'm done. And a sub from Jersey. <laughs> Island, so I, I just would have been gone. Man. All I have to say (laughs) is that I did not spend my childhood earning all of those Girl Scout badges just to die at the first zombie attack, okay? (laughs) I got skills, that's all I'm saying. You you got a husband that's a prepper. You're gonna be fine. We ain't gonna see you true. until <laughs> until like the last couple episodes of the pen whatever happens. So this it's like true. I'm not even worried true. about and you. You stay on the what floor of an apartment building, Lori? <laughs> Second. Yeah, ain't nobody coming for you. But I do actually have a you raft. Because we- I, I have a raft in my living room. Yes, we we've discussed this before. <laughs> we know like. we we've had this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's coming for you because one, the power is going to be cut to the building. You stay on what floor? Second floor. Nobody's walking up the stairs. <laughs> Nobody. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, uh, but no, my no, I agree with you. But see, this this trope is is interesting because, uh, in previous years before we got The Walking Dead, we got we had a few you know here and there, but the whole post-apocalyptic can you survive can you not survive do what you have to do uh where you know moral ambiguity or not it it all boils down to kind of what generation you are what your mindset is and you know how how willing are you to put aside everything that you were raised and taught as a person to be a decent human being what i'm gonna bring a throwback one of my favorite series that they did back in the day, which showed that in a civilized setting, remember the old series Rome from back in the day from, I think it was HBO? Love Rome. Yeah. Thought it was excellent. I remember but it briefly, yeah. It, it was awesome. But the way that they portrayed the slaves, the the the, the hierarchy of the Roman senators, uh, even even crazy ass Cleopatra, because let's face it, that that chick was crazy. But the the way that they survived was awesome. But it, they adapted to their surroundings and their circumstances. Uh, whenever something would come up, when when he found out that old girl had a kid when he was away, and that she said that he was dead, and she passed the kid off. As her grand, as her granddaughter, when he uh, took over the tavern, and his uh, his buddy found out that the girl 
had killed his wife so she could be with him. And then he eventually got her at the end, and, and she defended the terror. Just the way they did it in a city setting kind of lends itself a little bit to what we're seeing now in, in The Last of Us because we're not out in the sticks. We're not on an ARC ship. We're not going through a Stargate. We're in our local areas and our local mm-hmm. towns. It's sort of like uh, Old Man Logan and Old Man Hawkeye, the comic books that we were talking about a while ago in a couple of different podcasts, mm-hmm. where you have the post-apocalyptic, but it's still Hunger Games is another example. It's still current and new enough to adapt, so you adapt. So yeah, mm-hmm. so that that that's the whole concept behind all that. Okay. Yeah. But um so yeah, anyway, going back to the asshole who just decided he was gonna take Joe's shit and Joe was like, Today is not that day and tomorrow is not looking good for you either. You know, they get into a shootout and Joel is able to get into the truck. He's able to get his um his gun and he tells Ellie to go and hide. There's like a hole in the wall. And he tells her to go in that hole. He was like, whatever you do, whatever you hear, you do not come out of that hole until I come for you. So she's in the hole. She's scared. He's out there having the shootout. And he's holding his own. He shoots one of the guys. And one of the other guys is like, oh, you asshole. You asshole. I'm like, um, excuse me, dude. Did you miss the part where y'all are shooting at him? Like he was just minding his business and y'all came after him. What y'all was expecting him not to shoot back? This man right. got a this man got a good clean truck and some resources. You think he didn't come prepared? You think he didn't come with a gun? Like seriously? Mm. Yeah, he he seems surprised. It's like why are you surprised? <laughs> right. Oh, now I'm gonna mess you up. Wait, mm-hmm. you were already trying to do that. <laughs> so, you know, Stupid. he the second person runs off, you know, and at this point I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's going to get help or maybe he got scared. Maybe he ran out of bullets, something to that effect. But no, what he's doing is he's sneaking into the back of the building. And Joel is actually about to go and grab Ellie out. And this guy comes in, they get, they get into a tussle, they get into a fight. This guy actually gets the upper hand on Joel and puts him on the ground and is choking him out with the gun. Now, Joel is sitting there, he's turning quite purple and he's kicking his feet. So this guy had to have some strength on him. You know, again, the guy didn't really look like much to me, but he's probably, you know, if he's part of this group that took over the QZ, He's probably not eating rations. He's probably got access to food. He's probably been, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping up his strength, keeping up his stamina. If he's walking around as one of the guards or one of, you know, one of the people that's kind of helping to enforce whatever hierarchy they have in the city right now. So, you know, you got Joel who is worried about Ellie, Joel who has been sustaining himself on rations who has not had a lot of sleep because even the night when they were in the forest, his plan was to go to sleep so that he could drive all day and all night. And what happened? He, he got up and he stood guard trying to make sure that Ellie was okay. So you have him overpowering Joe 
And then you see Ellie inside and she's getting scared and she looks at her bag. I was like, she about to go shoot this dude. He just don't know it. And she does. She comes out of the hole. She lifts up her gun and she shoots dude in the back. And apparently wherever she shot him, she probably severed his spine because he said he couldn't feel his legs. And at this point, he starts pleading, no, 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 don't kill me. No, it's okay. We can be friends. I'm sorry. Take me to my mama. Take me to my mama. Take me to my mama. You just tried to shoot a grown-ass man. And now that you done got shot, now you want to be nice. Now you want to be friends. Now you want to say you sorry. Oh, please take me to my mom. Oh, please. I'm telling you, he stayed, nah, son. he stayed alive a lot longer than I would have thought him to. And I know it was because Joe was, Joe was still sitting here trying to figure out how the fuck she get a gun. Like, where did she get the gun from? I know that's what he was thinking. I'm sure he, I'm sure he figured, he probably figured it out after he took a, took a, took a beat and thought about it. He was like, oh. She somehow she got it from Frank and Bills. She, she, he, so. he had to know that's that because that's that's the only place that she could have literally gotten a working gun from. That's the I only mean, place that she could have got one. I mean, they I mean, have if, plenty if, to choose from. A ton, yeah. I mean, it's like, and this, I mean, his two. I mean, shout out to that bullet not being enough of a caliber to go through him through his back and into Joel. Like it just all it did was sever dude's spine and didn't go completely through his body probably so, lodged lodged in his spine mm-hmm. yeah because he couldn't feel his legs i was like that had to that has to suck i will he was like well barter i'll trade with you here take my knife i mean it's I a like, good knife oh. <laughs> it works it's, it's a good <laughs> is it good enough good enough to take that bullet out your spine i don't think so you just i mean it might have been with the right surgical hands but um not today so uh, that's that's one of those crocodile Dundee knives. That's not necessarily a surgical surgically surgically able knife. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that would have helped them. But yeah, I mean I I kind of felt for him. Then I was like, nah, he was trying to kill him. I, I did not feel too. for him at all. And that you know, it's so sad because I think about this all the time, especially when we are watching Walking Dead or we're, I'm like, you know, these shows will have you questioning your humanity because you were like, nah. That dude had to die. No doubt about it. No hesitation. Nothing. Kill his ass. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds so cold. <laughs> but, you know, you're looking at it from that perspective. When I watch these shows, I'm not looking at it as me existing in real world 2023 with those rules, those morals, those standards. No, you have to adapt to the world around you. And sometimes that does mean being cruel you know or maybe i won't even say being cruel because in this instance i don't think joe was cruel i don't think ellie was cruel these people came after them first they were defending themselves because if you think about it you don't know what kind of situation these guys are ellie is a young woman you know what i'm saying yes she's a kid but i mean we already know from from the last episode she is a young woman. She has her menstrual period because she got she found tampons and was excited about that in the last episode. These guys could have been the type of guys to be like, oh, you're traveling with a little girl. Oh, okay. Because you see it all the times in, in, in this type of world. You have the cruel guys who will kill the man and 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 you know, 
violate the young woman or they'll violate her while he's still alive and make him watch and then kill him anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in these types of instances, um, yeah, you totally deserve to to die. And uh, I have to say, you totally deserved a slow death. So the fact that you got paralyzed first and you had to sit there and plead and beg for your life. Yeah, you deserve that whole humiliation. You deserve that whole slow death. And I think it would have been even, I don't want to say poetic justice, but had Ellie finished him off, I would have been like, okay. Now, I'm kind of glad she didn't have to because up until this, the conversation they have a few minutes later, I was thinking, like I said, it's obvious she has handled a gun before. I did not think that she had ever killed anyone until she said it later on like when he's trying to comfort her trying to tell her look you had to do it I'm so sorry that you had to do it it's my fault and she was just like it wasn't my first time what do what happened I don't want to talk about it I was like oh that's about to that's about to be a juicy story that's about to be a crazy story but then I kind of wondered like did they say in the episode where we were introduced to her, did they say that she was an orphan from the from jump or did she actually have parents and then end up in the orphanage? Do we know? No, I think wondering... she was an orphan. Yeah, I don't think it specifies, but I think she was an orphan from the jump. Okay. So like something... I, don't, I think, I think in episode two, they asked, like, where are your parents? She said, I'm an orphan. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, do we know that her that she was with parents up until a certain point and then they may have died and then that's when she went to the federal school and you know so we, I don't we don't know for, yeah. for all we know she's lying <laughs> you know I I don't know if I get that she's lying but I feel like maybe her parents deaths had something had something to do with why she has killed before you know whether or not yeah. they were infected or you know. Well, no, um, it was episode, no, it was episode one. What's her name? Is it Marlene? Mm-hmm. Marlena. Yeah. Marlena. She told Marlene. her that she was an orphan, that she, that something happened and she sent her to Fedra. Okay. That's what I I was trying to remember if that was the she conversation was saying, I heard where she had, she was responsible for her. So she sent her to Fedra because she knew that she'll be taken okay. care of. I couldn't remember if that was this show or something else that I was watching. So I was like, yeah, I was almost feel like one. they had that conversation, but I wasn't sure. So, okay. But I mean, that don't mean anything. She could have, she could have had to do something with, you know, somebody in Fedra, someone there. I mean, she got bit somehow, maybe some, oh, you know what? Now that I think about it. When Tess asked her, about the circumstances of how she got bit and she was telling her we snuck into the old mall and Tess said you did that by yourself she had a look on her face before she said yes I don't think she was by herself so maybe that was the situation where she had to kill someone you know she got bit maybe the other person who was with her got bit but they turned and she didn't or maybe the other person got bit first turned and they were the one that attacked her and that's why she had to kill okay that's my head cannon until we find out otherwise that's my head cannon (laughs) 
And in episode one, she did mention a friend. She asked where a friend was. No, did she? Mm-hmm. I think I'm she did. Sure. She mentioned was, a friend. Was that the one that, that said something about the Mortal Kombat game? Which was yeah. Like, Probably. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Probably. But anyway, we're going to step away from Ellie and Joel for a moment, and we're going to go to um, this group of people who, you know, they've encountered or they may have encountered. Um, so there's a group there that's being led by a woman named Kathleen. And, you know, up until this episode, I never knew Melanie Linsky's name. I was just, I just always know her face. I see her in everything and I never knew her name. And I was like, what is her name? It's bothering me. Like, anyway, she's amazing in everything she's ever in. Mm -hmm. So when I saw her in this, I was like, yay. And then I saw the type of person she was playing. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you're going to be one of these people I don't like. Because she's obviously. No, it's, it's like. For me, looking at her, it seems like she she seems like the person that was kind of thrust into her leadership position. Like she she kind of seems like a school teacher that. Or something like that, where something happened and she was kind of thrust into a position of leadership and she kind of had to learn to be the person that she is now on the fly just to learn, like, you know, something happened to someone she loved and it's like it kind of drove her to, like, she probably ended up leading. It seems like this is a group of revolutionaries that overthrew Fenra. And that they're taking, they took over everything. So maybe she something happened with her, and she rallied everybody together to overthrow him, because she had the guy that she had a prisoner had to be. He was like a Fenra doctor, so maybe and he some, was her something doctor. Happened. He said it. He he delivered her and her brother. Right. So she's known this man for a very long time, and apparently. Yeah. What what has happened is somebody who was working with them or who was in their ranks looks like he defected and she's trying to get information out of the doctor on where this person is and I don't think it was just him because she read off a list of names and it just happened to be that when she read off this one person's name Henry I guess the doctor had a little tell I think I missed it because I was like you know how did she know because she said oh you may not know a lot but you you do know where Henry is or you you've heard from him and the doctor was looking at her like, how the hell did you know that? And I'm looking at her like, how the hell did you know that? Like, what was the tell? I missed it. Did anybody else miss it? Or did anybody else see it? Because I I couldn't tell. I was like, oh, okay, well, she's good at reading people. But, you know, she pulls out a gun like she's about to shoot him. And she was like, you, like, you think I'm not going to do it? And he just looks at her and shakes her head like, no, I really think you won't. It's at that moment an alarm sounds. She goes outside and here are the people, the two guys that Joel killed on the ground. Now, she sees this and she automatically thinks that it's uh, the work of the person who she's looking for. So at this point, nobody else knows that Joel and Ellie are in town right now. So she uses that as fuel for her fire her, her little resistance speech, blah, 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 go find them. And when you find them and anybody who's helping them, kill them. I was like, oh, so this is the part where we see that the supposedly good guys are just as bad as the bad guys. Because isn't that how it yep. always happens? 
you know and again yeah. we don't really know her story we do know something about the fact that her brother has died she kind of feels like the doctor is responsible and she feels like other people are responsible so um yeah i kind of get what you're saying mike about her being thrust in this position but she doesn't look like she's fighting it at all like she looks very comfortable there um and the people rally to her they listen to her and then after she says that you know go find them and kill them she walks back in the room she tells her people to open the door to the doctor's cell and she stands outside and she shoots him now i did notice that about her that she shot him from afar she couldn't she wouldn't let herself go back in and get close to him and shoot him i think because she wouldn't have been able to you know this is somebody who i don't she, think she i don't think she i don't think she wanted to be that close to him she was just like as soon, as soon as it became obvious that there's someone out there killing her people and he probably she probably was like he knows even though he had no idea like it would that it was Joel and Ellie he was she was like oh it's them so he's as soon as he's like you know what fuck this dude open the door boom end the problem all right yeah but no I'm saying I think she did it from afar because like when you see her with him he's playing on all of these emotions and this this shared relationship and this shared past that they have and you could see like she really i don't think she would have shot him prior to that and i think if she had gone back in and said hey so they killed two of our people you need to tell us where they are i th think there was still a chance that he still could have talked her down and that's why she didn't go in there she was like nope i'm not giving him a chance let me go ahead and do this right now while i'm pissed and i have the nerve boom you know but um yeah i could see that yeah i don't so, know she's too emotional for me <laughs> like that that didn't seem like a rational decision no i mean because she he's a doctor like right. they could have used him to help people yeah, that wasn't irrational. It seems like everything she she's probably. She's I was thinking dumb. about where. Yeah, everything she's doing is impulsive. I bet she led the revolt against federal was probably impulsion as well. She's just, yeah, she's she's going to be a problem. Yeah. Oh, not only she is going to be a problem. But as they're looking for this guy, Henry, and apparently he has a, he either has a son or he has a young boy with him named Sam. You know, we, we see um, an attic where they have apparently been staying and now it's been found out. You see the empty cans, you see drawings that, that the child has created of them being superheroes. Um, and then her right hand, guy which i can't remember what his name is in the show but um he takes her downstairs to the basement he was like yeah i gotta show you something else so they walk into this room and there is broken concrete in a huge circle almost it almost looks like a giant took a sledgehammer and broke the concrete open and she's just looking at it, she's like oh shit um and he's like, what are we supposed to do? And as they're saying that, you see the holes start to breathe. Like something is trying to come out. Hell like, no. Why? Hell no. And then we're going to take with care fire of it later. Immediately. No, no, no not later. Now. Right now. Not now, but right now. First of all, y'all making noise. Y'all are making noise. Y'all are just outside the door. Like y'all have closed the door and y'all are having a whole conversation there. 
like that like that little bitty door is going to be enough to hold them back and he's telling them so when should we tell everyone she was like not yet let's just handle what we uh let's just handle what we can ha handle we'll deal with this after she, she should listen to her right hand man though like he looks like he's no he knows what he's doing and he's telling her we need to deal with this shit like now now side note side note that guy is the actual voice actor who voices joel in in the um video game oh voices joel mm -hmm. no tommy Tom oh tommy, yes. tommy. yes you're right yeah. he voices tommy okay. in the video game yeah he voices tommy nice. in the video game so yeah um so he might know some things or two <laughs> but yeah i i was like yeah. i was like do you see how big that hole is like I don't know who's up under there. I don't know what's up. Like, like, like Michelle's um screen name says, what's underground? Handle that first. Handle that shit first. Because if you don't, then you're gonna have a people problem and an infected problem or a clicker problem. You can't handle both of those problems at the same time. Or I, yeah, I should if, say if, you can't handle those three problems because you have to think about it. Infected and clickers are two different breeds of the same problem. Yeah. And and like what is this all this effort and energy you putting in to find a kid and a, a, another person that like what what how what big of a threat do? are they? Yeah. Right. Because they were what, informants or they turned somebody in, but you got a freaking problem <laughs> underground that you need to take care of. But you wanna oh yeah, we'll just deal with this later. We gotta find Henry and Sam. Why? Like really do you not know what's deal going on problem, in the world or else the problem is going to deal with you deal with you <laughs> this is whatever like, i was like oh okay so she's going to be and it i, I feel and like that's her emotions again that's that's her emotions again yep. dictating her actions yeah and that I was about to say something and Hanukkah was going to jump all over me, but I let it go. No, say it. What, say it. Say it. What? what, what? No, mm -mm. no I'm not going to say anything about, about women leaders and all that stuff. I'm not getting into that. Cause oh, yeah. You it's don't not go, true. Yes, we're not going to. That's what yeah. I said. It's not, it's not accurate, but she was, she's being emotional, though. All, but, I can, but, all, I can, but, all I can imagine now is I hear, but, I hear go a back, door slam. Go back, go back to your computer. I know, exactly. Go back. <laughs> I, I hear a door slam and footsteps. It's like, go back. Did your wife come out the other room? Did, all of a sudden, the screen goes. <laughs> did your wife come out the other room? <laughs> yes, she did. But, you know, um, because, we, hey, we saw Rick make some emotional decisions as well in Walking Dead, so it's all good. Yeah. Exactly. So we don't need to go there. Thank you. We don't. We don't. But yeah, I'm, I'm just doing just it for I'm just. I'm just doing it for entertainment emotional. purposes. She is passionate about her goals. No, I, 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 okay. I have to say, oh, I'm I not saying that. She, go she's ahead. not thinking clearly. She's not thinking clearly, and I think it, it's it's kind of like one of those things where you have a person, and and I'm going to compare her right now to the governor from The Walking Dead. So you have this group of people that you are leading that you are trying to you know keep safe that you are trying to make sure that they have everything that they need and you start making decisions that may not necessarily be the best for them and i feel like in the back of the mind they're always thinking okay but what if i'm what if i fail 
what if I fail? Because in in her instance, if you are the one who helped bring down the walls of the QZ, you now have people out in the open where the infected could be, where clickers could be, and now you have a physical representation of how deep the shit is that you are standing in. You have this big hole. You have something moving up under the ground. Now, granted, we don't know what's up under there. That could have been people. We we don't know. But chances are, those are some infected. I didn't hear any clicking, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with infected for right now. If you don't handle your shit now, you're gonna have a problem. That's going to affect all of the people that you are trying to save. And then you're going to have a even bigger problem when they realize, oh, she can't keep us safe. She brought us out of where we were safe. We should have stayed in there. It's her fault, especially if folks start dying. And especially if folks start dying because you didn't warn people that some shit was about to pop off. Yeah, she, she's going to have some problems and she needs to start prioritizing because I don't think she's prioritizing in quite the right way right now. At all. Yeah, she's. I don't think she's going to last that long. I think that that her her, ignore, her ignoring the bubbling, bubbling brown sugar underneath that building is going to come back and bite her in the <laughs> ass. I think she's just, I don't know if I want to call that. I, I, I just think that that's going to that, that, that's something that's, that's, something that's going to be that's something that's definitely going to come back and bite her. See, see, yeah, she's, she's only going to be a literally, probably. Yeah, she, she's a one episode villain. We're just going <laughs> to she's going to make it one. Episode. I'm, all right, I've already, I've already learned from the first two episodes not to get too comfortable with any. With first three episodes, I've learned not to get too comfortable with anybody in this show. So I'm like, yeah, she's probably dying next episode. I didn't, even, I didn't even bother you no know, figuring out her name, like whatever. <laughs> Like you, dead person number four. Yes, got you. You just next. Yeah, but they're gonna make us not like her first, and then then we're gonna get her dead, and we'll we'll be. I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll change it next episode, but I don't know. Even just looking at the previews for the next episode, I was like, yeah, some shit about to go down. So that was her. Her son was the one that Ellie shot in the spine, right? I don't think we know. I don't. Sure. I don't think. I don't think it was her son. We saw his. For dad. some reason, I'm making. I'm making that inference just because it's like I don't see any other women, and it seems like. There was I think. I think women. that. The, yeah, okay, but I she. Didn't... She also wasn't. Um, she wasn't too broken up over the fact that was Brian. She wasn't too broken up over Brian being dead at, at all. Yeah, I don't. I and don't she wasn't that. concerned about finding his killer. She's still trying to look for for Sam and Henry. Well, she she well, thinks that they she, had something to do with it. Yeah, though. She That's why she that Henry and some of the people that was with him had something to do with that. But I mean, yeah. yeah by the I way, she wasn't broken up at, at all. all. She didn't blink. She didn't bat an eye. She <laughs> did inside. She's like yeah. she's. Okay. And I I think Brian was pleading for his life, and I I think he was invoking mom so he could get he could survive you know trying to humanize himself with the possible slayer yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, shout 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 to brian for knowing um knowing um was it seeing him 
what are they what are they called the people the inter not interrogators the the people that come on scene with kidnappings or like hostage situations the negotiators because having having negotiator tactics like yeah. actually having people see see you as a person and not just something something to kill or to take hostage it's like no I'm sorry sorry my name's Brian I'm Brian I'm a person I think he I only to see my mother that. I have a mother uh, I, I have hobbies I like that. to read. <laughs> He only did that because I'm a, I'm a Libra. He saw, I'm a Ellie. Libra. he saw Ellie and probably made the assumption that Ellie was Joel's daughter, and so that's what that's yeah. the that's what he was playing on. You know, yeah. he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I got a mama too. We we don't give a fuck about your mama, and we don't give a fuck about you. Bye. Trying <laughs> to stay yeah. alive. Yeah. Um. But um. So while Kathleen is sending people out to look for Henry and the people he escaped, Joel and Ellie are hiding and, you know, trying to find a way to get to, there's this tall building she sees in the distance. And he's like, okay, well, when the street's clear, we're going to make a run for it. We're going to try to go to that building and go to the highest point, kind of get, a, you know, get to a point where we can look around, see what's going on, that sort of thing. And um, again, you get a little comedy from them because when they finally do get to the building, they realize they have to walk. And there's a thing where she's like, are you going to be able to do this? How far are we going? Are we going all the way to the top? Nope, just as long as my legs can take me. <laughs> and there's that reference. Feel that. Again. Yeah, there's that reference again about the age difference because in this show and in this point 2023 joel is 56 years old so i already know if me at 47 and my knees can't handle it this dude walked 33 stories yeah the thing about this has he even other than that i don't think he's been asleep (laughs) because he oh, drove, really? he drove, and then when they were camping, he was probably up all night. Mm-hmm. And then he drove, and then he drove. He And then he got into a firefight. And then, then he in the firefight, almost, he almost, almost got choked out. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 56, okay, day. but he done been through a lot. He has had <laughs> last a day. Couple of day- <laughs> yeah, last couple of days, he's been, you know. Right. I would be struggling at this point. Yeah, but I mean... He sat down and Ellie was like, no, come on. He was like, give me a minute. She was like, get your lazy ass up. He's like, okay, this kid just called me lazy. Let me get up. So they make it, you know, I guess a few more floors and they decide, okay, this is where we're going to sleep for the night because you you would think, okay, it's the one building that nobody would probably come to. I mean, he, he does what he's supposed to do. He sets out a little trap. He breaks out some glass. He puts it on the floor so that he can hear it. And that's when Ellie makes this one observation. Again, I tell you, that that is an old soul in a young body because she notices way more than she should at her age. You know, when he's doing the, um, when he's putting, laying out the glass and stuff. And she was like, what are you doing? He said, trying to make sure nobody comes in here. She was like, oh, crunch, crunch, crunch. She was like, no, I was just asking because are you even going to be able to hear it? Because I noticed that you can't hear well on your right side. And he just kind of looks at her like, how the hell she realized that? And I'm looking at her like, how the hell you realize that? Just, okay. 
I, I guess she's observant. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they teach that stuff at federal school or maybe, that, I don't know. I just feel like there may be a little bit more to Ellie than we've seen so far. Because this girl is way too knowledgeable for someone who's grown up sheltered in the QZ. Well, you know, sitting with him in the car on the right side, she probably said, had to repeat herself a few times to him mm. in the car. So she may have noticed it then. And he didn't hear Brian sneak up on him, came up on his right side. No, so, Brian came up on the left. Oh, that's right. He did come up mm -hmm. on his left. So, came up yeah, on but she left. probably noticed in the car. Yeah. Because being the person who's deaf in his left ear, yeah, it's easy when people are talking to you over here. Can you say that again? Mm -hmm. You know, or you always try to make sure you're walking on that side of the person. She probably noticed. Right. Right. So. You know, and and shout out to uh to Joel for having watched Mission Impossible like the rest of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just saying. Oh goodness. Yeah. But it didn't but it didn't help many. Well also oh. being the person who sleeps who who ha who sometimes sleeps on his right side so you don't have to hear nothing. Yeah. You know, if you're deaf in one ear or hard of hearing in one ear, you sleep on the other ear, you don't hear nothing. Well, no, but he, he was sleeping on his right ear. So he should have heard. But I think, I feel like because that was- I feel like they were already in the day, room. Mm -mm, I feel like, well, they might've been somewhere in the building. But I feel like because he hadn't slept in days, he probably slept deeper was than knocked he, out. Yeah, he was knocked out. You know, and it's kind of like one of those things where he was- he was just exhausted. I mean, think about the way he laughed at Ellie's lame little joke. No, nah, I'm not going to lie. That one had me laughing. I I mean, he was sitting there laughing so hard. He had tears coming out. I did too. Because I was like, they kind of needed that, that little release. But I was like, yeah, there's some shit about to happen. They finna get caught. And sure enough, yeah. she calls for uh, But I mean, mostly, I don't think, did we really get a good look at the layout of the of the room they were in, or the suite that they were in, because I think that they were, they had, they might have come from the other side or come around, like like around the glass. I know. I oh. think they probably came through the glass because I think what happened was he started out going to sleep on on his right side, but when Ellie was calling for him, he had turned over and was facing her, so his deaf ear was up, so he wouldn't have heard the glass he wouldn't have heard anything so because remember she had to yell to get him to wake up yeah he was sleeping on his left he was sleeping on his yes yeah. yeah he 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 went to sleep at first on his right ear but then when we saw him the next time he was sleeping on his left ear which mm -hmm. means his right ear was the one exposed so he wouldn't yeah. have heard anything i mean like i said she had to yell to get his attention and then, of course, she yelled to get his attention because she's standing there. There's a man holding her at gunpoint. And then when Joel turns around, there's a young boy holding him at gunpoint. He does the motion and then we cut face black. But I was like, okay, so I'm guessing this is Henry and Sam now. Right. So that's going to be interesting. But I will say this, looking at the promos for next week, I don't think this is going to be a hostile situation for too long because it looks like they are working together 
maybe to keep each other safe, maybe because they, they both have children involved. They're like, okay, you know what? We don't really need to be at each at odds with each other right now. We need to be trying to help each other to make sure these kids are safe. That's what I'm thinking is the situation. But yeah, I mean, it would have been a good hideout. Like Henry and Sam, I feel like if they had, if they were somewhere around, if they were paying attention, they probably would have noticed that it wasn't the people that were looking for them. And I'm thinking that's probably why they approached them. Maybe they, they were probably the following them. Yeah. And they probably heard the laughing. They probably saw that it was a man and a young girl. Again, there's nothing about the way that Ellie and Joel are with each other now that would make you think anything other than they might be father and daughter, you know? So maybe uh, Henry saw that and was like, okay, they might be safe, but just in case we'll just hold them at gunpoint for right now, <laughs> just until we determine right. how dangerous they are. But yeah, I I don't see that being a contentious uh friendship or relationship because they both have children that they're trying to keep safe and at this point henry doesn't know that people might be after joel i mean right now joel thinks people might be after him because he killed two people so and you know this is, the, this is the more of an uneasy of alliance is my friend yeah this is more of an uneasy alliance between the two it's like like i don't know you i really don't trust you but you're not trying to kill me right now mm -hmm. so cool all right yeah. but i'm watching you i'm keeping my eye on you like just don't do it don't do any stupid shit yeah i don't know if i feel like kathleen's group is a firefly group it seemed a, no, it they're, seemed they're... a little bit different from the way marlene was approaching and even the way the um the group that they came across in the state capitol I don't know. They seemed a little more unorganized. I don't know if I. They seem more random. Yeah, they're more random. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one of those uh, ragtag bunch of misfits. Like a whole bunch of people just came together and was like, "We're sick of this of the the quarantine zone, but we're also sick they're more of like the they're more like the Wolverines. Yeah, they're like the Wolverines in Red Dawn." It's like, you know, they just kind of happened upon. Wolverines! Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, just like, you know, they're scrappy, they overcome, and they but they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And it's like, it'll, and there's like, they have gaps in what they do. So, I think that's more of an apt description of them. Yeah. But, I don't know, it looks like they're gonna cause some trouble for maybe at least one episode. <laughs> you know? And it's so crazy to me that we're already like halfway through the season. Like it's going by fast. It's going mm -hmm. by very fast. Yeah. Cause I think this show has nine episodes for season one. Yeah. If I was playing the game, I would have had to restart several times. This is. I would. I know, that's, like, that's why people that are was, saying. That was saying, a bad joke. <laughs> no, people are saying the game is so unrealistic because they, cause they only died. Nobody died in the, the the museum in the first episode and people usually die like 18 times there then throw the controller <laughs> right <laughs> mm. well i mean they have to... 
I mean, they already killed Tess. We don't need to see a whole bunch of people die. Like, y'all already, look, you introduced Tess. You killed her off two episodes later. We did get a brief, you know, we get did get to see her briefly in the third episode. But, yeah, you took her from us. We got Frank and Bill for one episode. You took them from us. It so was gone. I, huh? No, I'm just saying they were gone. So, yeah, yeah. pretty much every gone. episode, someone's leaving. Yeah, so like you said, Kathleen might only be around for maybe one more episode. Sam and Henry, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I think the whatever is underground is going to wipe them all out. And um, Ellie and Joel are going to be the last two out. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of heard something about Sam, but I'm going to keep it to myself until it keep, comes to keep, fruition. Keep so. Yeah, I, I heard the same thing, but you, you have to remember. Yeah. The show is called The Last of Us. So, you know. I mean, spoiler alert, but. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, the show keeps getting better and better. I'm still the like. Show. The, the show is also. And, and I'm just going to throw in a, sort of a geek dad dad joke moment. Oh, I was out. I was showing the husband. He looks at me and he goes, Lori, what? He was like, weren't they on Game of Thrones? Yes. Yes, they were on Game of Thrones. Because I looked for I just I I I had to walk out of the room. I was like, oh right, he did. Yep, they were on Game of Thrones, about, but not together because Exactly o- about, about three was weeks like later. season three. Three was and then season three. Yep. Yeah, season and three. I think she was introduced in season four. Four and then went on for there, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was like, wow. I was like, oh god. But the the thing is, is that I really appreciate the way that they're doing the story because they're 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 doing two things at once. They're taking their time to really let us fall in love with these characters, but at the same time, they're advancing the action enough that we're not getting bored, <clears throat> lost where. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, Be- yeah. Because this is the first season, and and the, the sh- yes, the the show that I just mentioned. I mean, every episode we were there, we were there. I mean, Mark and I would come home literally on on it was because we used to watch it off of whatever the old Amazon thing, and it we wouldn't watch it premiere night, but the next day we'd watch it. And everyone was glued. Same thing with Sleepy Hollow. Okay, I mean the shows. Office even started on the shows that you can't wait to watch. You can't maybe watch it right then, but you can watch the next day. Everyone talks about it. You know exactly what happened, but you sit there and you literally watch it as soon as you get home. And then sometimes it's so good you watch it twice. This is what The Last of Us is. They've they've managed to capture that magic again. I mean, the only thing that I could think that might be close is manifest. No, please no, <laughs> no. no. Oh, I'm sorry, I went there. No, Anthony said, "Don't make that comparison." No, I haven't seen manifest, so I don't know. I've heard some people say they love it. I've heard some people say it's in. No. So I don't know. Okay, well, I'm just Trash. saying it's a phenomenon. Is what I'm going to trash say. is what it is. Oh no, yeah. she. I think she's talking about. The Last of Us being a phenomenon. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm not talking not, about not Manifest. Manifest. <laughs> I've seen Manifest, and I kind of agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is a phenomenon, a show that you cannot stop watching 
because it's so engaging and you're just barely into halfway through for a season you're like gotta watch it gotta watch it gotta watch it's it's like house of dragon last summer last summer fall it's like you're there and you have to watch it so it's actually kind of cool because you know this is this is february you know and it's like sort of dead couple of months until march when things start kicking up so i'm actually glad this you know came out when it did but i have to say i have to give it to him this is a phenomenal show like i said i don't watch zombie shows but this has my attention like a hundred percent okay well like i, I think Anthony i don't said, think this is not a zombie show they're not zombies. a zombie show yeah and this is um this episode was not as good as the last three so i'm not i'm not gonna stick with it it's getting better and better I, I think this was this was an okay episode. It had a few good things in it, the dad jokes mainly, but other than that, it was alright. Are you admitting? Oh, so, oh, so you're a fan of them now? No, I'm, no, I'm just saying yeah, yeah, that yeah, was he, the one thing the that you saved that. the show. He for turned the corner. He turned the corner. Was it? <laughs> no. <the dad> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think too. It's kind of like I don't know. Maybe it's because we're starting to be introduced to the quote-unquote criminal element of the show so i i don't know it's, it's taking away a little bit from joel and ellie which i don't know i i i like this episode i thought it was you know i thought it was great because we do get to see a different aspect of you know what are supposed to be the good guys and you see it's it's kind of like one of those things where you see where the line is where the line is kind of murky like, I feel like Kathleen and her people, whatever it is that they did to overthrow the QZ, if the QZ was not doing what they were supposed to be doing for the people, and then you have a rebellion, okay, I can understand that. I get that. But if you are starting to become the oppressor, which I don't know, it kind of looks like that might be the direction they're going with this group. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what this group is really about and, and to see how that affects Joel and Ellie. And then also, like you said, what the hell did Henry do that you are sitting here looking for him in such a way or the other people? Was it just, was it because they didn't want to listen to you and they wanted to leave? Well, isn't that the same thing the QZ used to do? Like when people defected, they went behind, beyond the wall. They put other people in danger. What did they do in the first episode? They hung them. So are you about to try to do the same thing? I mean, you basically just told your people, hey, if you see him or anybody who is with him, helping him, kill them. Like you're telling them to shoot them on sight. You're not even going to bring them in and say, okay, well, why did you do this? Or whatever it was that he did. Like, uh, again, I feel like it was personal. I don't know if this has to do with her brother or if it has to do with something that's a little bit more personal, but yeah, it's, she's totally making some um, questionable decisions. And like you said, Anthony, I feel like they're going to come back and bite her in the ass. Mm -hmm. And I I like this episode, but we got to think it's going to be hard to follow Frank and Bill's episode. That is true. That's true. And second, this episode gave us like like a road trip. It was the building of their relationship because we mm-hmm. hadn't had that part yet. So now we 
actually can see it, they're growing it, that will get them into other adventures that will be more exciting next week. But yeah. we needed this episode just to come off of last week's episode, which you wanted yeah. to, you know, cry in your bed. Um, <laughs> to... <laughs> right. Let's just have a nice, fun, you know, some daddy jokes and see their relationship grow. Yeah, I agree. So anybody have anything else to say about episode um, four of The Last of Us? Uh, shout out to the movie theater. It had it was showing Underworld and Matchstick Men, which is an interesting combination of movies. Um, Underworld's Underworld. Matchstick Men is um, it's a movie with Nicolas Cage as a con man, and he adopts a little girl. And it's but like I a little girl's cousin that he like shows her the ropes. In 2003. Yeah, so those those so those two movies that were on the marquee. Um, I am looking forward to. I don't know. I'm 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 kind I'm kind of in the middle. I thought this was a decent episode. I don't think, but like you said, I mean, episode three was kind of a penultimate. It was had a feel of a penultimate episode, so it was destined to kind of let down in the next episode, no matter how good it was going to be. You're going to experience you're going to experience some kind of letdown because if it went if it was better, like then it would just be impossible to keep that up through the next few episodes that it has left in this season. So you kind of expect had to expect a little bit of a letdown, but this was actually a good episode. Personally, for me, because you know, I mean, my my humor is all over it. I was I was just I was so pleased. I mean, Ellie Ellie is such a smart girl. Shout out to Bella Ramsey for being. I'm, I knew she was in Game of Thrones, but I didn't put together that she was from England. I was like, here comes another someone else from England immigrating and taking all American actor jobs. Like, good God. Like all y'all do, all y'all speak perfect English. Like, jeez, perfect you American. You need to. I know you're. You're still like, I don't know where you are in your Game of Thrones watch. You. No, I, to, I'm. I'm so far behind. I you need, need to get. To I'm, get to I'm, the I'm only on episode. I'm, I'm only like on episode four. I'm only on episode four. Yeah, you need to get to the episode she's in because every scene that she is in in that show, she steals the fucking scene. She Bella Ramsey is amazing. And if you want to see her in something else that isn't Game of Thrones, on Netflix a few years ago, she did uh, a little series right after that called The Worst Witch, where it's basically like a Harry Potter Hogwarts type of school for witches, and she's like the worst witch that they have, and it's adorable. I think it ran for two, maybe three seasons. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, there's some, I mean, I guess I could watch her. On his dark materials, because that's another thing I need to get caught up on. Is she in that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Six episodes. She's oh. in six episodes of it. Yeah, oh. that's true. Yeah. But yeah, but I forgot about that. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's another yeah, one. Yeah, the worst switch and, and his dark materials. I need to get caught up on his dark materials too. But uh, uh, just, you know, of course, you know, we're, we're Pedro's been and other stuff, little thing called The Mandalorian. But um, which I still haven't watched yet. I know. You know, know what? I'm, I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not even going to because I, you I, know I, the I, third I, season premiere. I know. Like I know. Ready to start I know. I know. I saw that, and and well, I've been mainlining Stargate Atlantis. Don't shoot me. Uh, I fell in love with Pluto, so now like currently, I'm sort of watching mainlining Deep Space Nine, MacGyver, and Dead Zone. Yes, I went back to the Dead Zone because it's awesome. But anyway, that's either here or there. But 
I, 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 I love this show. I love what they're doing. The actress is amazing. The actor is amazing. And quite honestly, I'm surprised I'm watching a infected, not calling it a zombie, show, and I'm actually watching it weekly versus yeah. The Walking Dead, which I watched the pilot, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, they did, they did kinda, a good job when they chose uh, Pedro for this role. They did. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, learning more about Catherine, because, I mean, it's like some stuff, it's like a lot of stuff for her just still doesn't add up, so it's like, I guess I'm about to put on an algebra. You know what? I'm not even. I'm not even. <laughs> so you should say that for later, because I can't. I I can't even like close it out. Close the show out because I got a couple of things to talk about before we close the show. You just oh, anyway. Um, first thing before we close out the show, if you have not seen the clip that is going around, Pedro Pascal uh, hosted Saturday Night Live this past weekend, and there is a clip of him dancing. With an inf- with with a clicker, yeah, I saw it that. is the funniest thing ever. Go find that clip; it's all over social media. Go find it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that at the end of the month, February twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, um, we will be at Atlanta Comic Convention, which is a mix of two previous two conventions that were previously here in Atlanta. Um, the Fandemic Tour, which used to be a Walking Dead-centric um, convention, and then um, Atlanta Comic Con, which was a fairly newish convention. I think it had only been here like maybe five or six years, but those two merged at, um, in the middle of last year, so now they are ATL Comic Convention. We will be there at the end of this month. Um, Casey, Michelle, and myself, we will be presenting two walking dead themed panels the first one is um it's a negan panel we're going to talk about his um his redemption arc or his story and whether or not he deserves to have a redemption arc and um just explore that character a little bit more because he is such a polarizing character like if you talk to people in the fandom people either love him or they hate him there really isn't much in between so i do want to explore that a little bit um, the second panel is going to be a what if styled panel and it's exploring the character of Maggie Green you know she has been through so much during her time on The Walking Dead and I feel like personally I feel like in the last two seasons season 10 and 11 we started to sh- see a little bit of a shift with her character and I just if maybe we are looking at the start of a villain origin story with her character um we do know that she and negan will have a spinoff that is airing a little bit later this year it was supposed to premiere i think and it was supposed to premiere this month i think or next month and i think they moved it to april or may so um we're going to explore those two characters and then anthony is doing a panel that i will also be on uh with him anthony tell us a little bit about your panel uh, my panel is basically exploring how it's called Father No Father Knows Worst. And it's exploring how fathers have been bad influences, maybe good on some of our favorite fandom characters. Mm-hmm. Like Nolan from Invincible. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> Invincible is coming back. We did get some information yes. about that. We don't have a premiere date yet, but we are getting it in 2023. I can't fucking wait. Anyway, <laughs> and, sorry, continue. That's okay. And uh, one of the more famous fathers, father figures, uh, Bruce Wayne, and the influence he's had on his sons mm-hmm. um, and, and how they turned out to. Okay. So, yep. And uh, we may throw in the Winchesters and, and see how that goes. Cause oh, yes. Let's talk about John. Absolutely. I know you're going to have a lot to say about John. Absolutely. So, okay. So, yeah. So, those are the panels. And, and um, if you're doing books, Dresden, Ebenezer McCoy, Harry Dresden, grandfather, grandson, that's also yeah. a good one, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. okay. So, um, so information about those panels are on our social media and I will also include that information in the show notes for this episode but that is taking place February 24th through the 26th at the um at the World Congress Center um you can find information online at www.atlcomicconvention.com I will post that link as well. If you guys are in the Atlanta area that weekend, come see us, come say hi, come listen to us gab some more about our favorite fandom things. And, um, you know, we look forward to seeing you. But for right now, that will be it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. We have a Discord channel that you can chat with us on. We have a YouTube channel that you can watch our videos on. And you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.